if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Bible. I'm your host, Nate Binder, coming at you today live, episode 40, on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Here with me today, as always, is Dane. Dane, how are you doing? Hey, yeah, it's me, Dane. It's uh, it's Bipocalypse, so I'm here physically. Um, it's been rough, man. <laughs> I got to say, it's... um. I've like mostly escaped the bike apocalypse in terms of like, I've found ways out of it, or at least I'm, I'm playing against people that are also experiencing it. So I don't feel like I'm at a disadvantage, but in a, in PJPL, one of our main leagues, like we were just saying, I am looking at probably just starting two out of three wide receivers, unless I can make a trade happen between now and Sunday. Um, like it's just, it's just grim stuff. And I don't know why the NFL did this to us. Yeah, it's it's super rough. Um, yeah, having six teams on by at the same time is usually difficult, but having six teams that all have like three or more fantasy relevant players on by, that affects pretty much every team in the league, unless you're just really lucky and you've also somehow avoided injuries, then you probably get a free win this week. Congratulations. I hate you. I don't know what that feels like. I've been struggling in all my leagues to roster healthy players who are not on by this week, and I'm sure most of the listeners have as well. It's, it's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the Cowboys alone have like four to five startable players yeah. That, yeah, that are not playing this week. It's just insane. Yeah. The Chargers, like, come on. It's, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Well, on today's episode, we're going to get into, of course, start sits as always and stashes. But before that, we have a special segment for y'all. It's the Halloween time of season, spooky season, eerie season. So we're going to do a little trick or treat. And how that's going to work is I'm going to I'm going to present Dane with a couple of stats. I have I think uh, yeah seven rounds of stats, and e- in each round there are two stats: one that is a trick, and one that is a treat. One that is true, and one that is false. And Dane is going to try and determine which one is the trick and which one is the treat. And of course, all of these stats are going to be fantasy relevant. So that that should be some fun. I think I got, I think I can at least go five of seven. That's my goal. I I think you will go, like, I tried to be kind of clever here, but I think you'll know enough about the general landscape that you're going to get these. Uh, Before we get into this stuff, why don't you tell the people where they can find us on social media? At Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, thefantasybible.com. And we're also live on YouTube on Sundays. Um, My plans have cleared, so if Nathan is available, we can potentially do our a live stream on uh, this Sunday at 11.45 a.m. Uh, if you have not made plans since I've made plans. Oh, you know, I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that's the situation. I totally forgot I was supposed to recruit someone else to do it with. So I'm glad that you are uh, going to be available because, yeah, I love doing the right. sun- that Sunday Mass Live show. It's a lot of fun. Um, even though we've had like minimal attendance so far, it's been a blast because we have enough people that are in there. They're asking questions. And it's usually the point of the week 
where I am. Hey, that reminds me, Dane. Um, should I start to Ernest Johnson tonight or Javante Williams? Oh man, that's a, <laughs> that's such a hard question. Um, Cause obviously Javante is good, but he's splitting work with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is kind of nursing a foot injury, but has been playing through it and looking fine playing through it. Uh, here we have Dearness Johnson, next man up league, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter, obviously out by now, you know, that um, by now the episode is airing after Thursday night football. So you'll know what the decision should have been. If it were me, I think I would stick with what I know and do Javante. But mm-hmm. I I do think that Dearness will have more carries. What that translates to, I don't know. But it's also possible that Melvin Gordon is a little hobbled and Javante just has as many carries as Dearness. And if they have equal carries, I'd go Javante. So I don't know. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't hear. You could say that, although I'm learning lessons, you know? Like, so last week I sat Javante Williams and started Khalil Herbert. And that was clearly Genius. the right decision. So... I could like ride that trend this week. My fear is that I've been so high on Javante Williams that if I miss Javante Williams' eventual breakout game, because it is coming, I'm going to be devastated. So yeah, yeah, that's a you decision. Might just, you might just have to quit the league at that point. <laughs> that's a decision I'm going to, well, so fortunately, fortunately we're a keeper league. So you know, <laughs> I'll have Javante Williams next year. Um, yeah, possibly depending on who emerges here as the season progresses. All right. One last thing before we get into our main segments here, I do want to note that Boomy is five and one against the spread. He picked the Broncos tonight, so you'll know whether that was true and whether he's six or one or not by the time that this is airing. Um, personally, I feel pretty good about tonight. I'm pretty glad that he picked the Broncos. That's who I would have picked if I was betting against the spread. It's it's like a one and a half point spread. So you're essentially picking who you think is going to win. And with the Browns rolling out case Keenum and a number of other injuries to their, uh, you know, their main asset, which is their running back group. I'm definitely uh, feeling pretty good about the Broncos tonight. Yeah, I agree. If I would, uh, have chosen myself, I would lean the Broncos as well. Uh, for anyone who is uninitiated, Boomy is Nathan's miniature dachshund, little wiener dog. Uh, he is five and one, the nose knows, man. And I trust him. I think he's going to be six and one. Yeah. And debatably six or six and zero. Oh, you know, if you review the footage from the Rams game, there, <laughs> there, are, there are reasons to believe that he chose the Rams and not the Seahawks, uh, depending on which, which side you come down on. But yeah. All right. Let's get into, uh, let's get into a mystery question and then our uh, main segments for today. All right. So I heard this on as a listener question on another podcast, but uh, I thought it was interesting conversation. Um, here we are at the bipocalypse. So there's a lot of like, you know, roster crunching you're scrambling to find players to start for you this week um it was asked on this podcast uh is it ethical to kind of borrow players from no, another it roster? is not ethical to borrow players from another roster that's collusion because anytime you're agreeing to a trade in the future you're colluding with a player okay i think that's a very simple way to answer the question i guess the case against it was uh, you're both making a trade for the betterment of your team, which is essentially why you make trades in the first place. So, and I agree with you. I think it's kind of unethical, kind of, uh, you know, spoiling the If I the saw that happen, game. like if you and, like if Chase Claypool and Allen Robinson swapped back after this week, now no reason to do that because I think Chase Claypool's the better player. For context, Dane made yes. that trade due to the bipocalypse situation. I was like, desperate. I would be first off, I would veto that trade. And then I would ban both of y'all from the league because that, <laughs> that, would, that would be as colluding. Like that's as collusion as collusion gets to me. I, I agree. You, you shouldn't do that. But uh, if your legal allows it, 
then you can do that. Um, if there's been no discussion on it, probably shy away from that. Try to find another way. When it gets to that level, like where it's like, oh yeah, we'll just like help each other out. Like, oh, you know, this will help me win this week and this will help you win next week. It's the same thing. Like, oh, why don't we just put all the dues in and then divide it all equally so we all get our money back? And like, why are we even competing <laughs> to begin with? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my take. You ready to get into some trick or treat? I would love to. We need a, like a an eerie drop. Yeah, right I'm gonna put. Well. I, I've kind of gotten lazy on the sound drops, but we'll definitely. You'll be hearing an eerie one right now. All right. So this is my first one. I've got. I've got some good man. This is gonna be fun. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. So how this is gonna work? In case you missed, I'm gonna give Dane two stats, and he's got to tell me which is the trick and which is the treat. Trevor Lawrence is PFF's highest graded quarterback through the first six weeks of the NFL season with a grade of 79.7 through the first six. And then the second one is through the first six weeks of the season, Houston quarterback Davis Mills has a higher PFF grade than Bears quarterback Justin Fields. I think oh, that's a tough one because Davis Mills has been so bad and then had a good game. I, I just can't buy that Trevor Lawrence is the highest graded PFF quarterback so I'm, I'm going davis mills here you uh you are correct sir uh davis mills has a higher pff grade of 56.3 compared to a 56 for justin field so oh, it's very close so terrible <laughs> but it, it is higher and uh, i don't know what trevor lawrence's pff grade is offhand but that 79.7 grade that is the highest quarterback belongs to mac jones i did think it was mac jones yeah um i think i saw that and that's why i was confused there but yeah i'm one no let's go yeah and so that's more of a uh just because of the nature of rookie quarterbacks maybe that's more nfl relevant than fantasy relevant i still think trevor lawrence is probably the, this start over mac jones and i think justin Fields is obviously the start over davis mills but it's kind of interesting to note how these players are being graded six weeks into the season okay here's your next one javante williams is the only running back in the NFL with three runs of 30-plus yards. And Melvin Gordon is PFF's highest-graded rusher so far this year with a minimum of 30 carries on the season. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I can't... So, very good question. We're talking about, you know, a 50-50 split here between the two of these guys. I like that, the way mm -hmm. you set up the question. Um, I can't... Uh, what's the word? I can't uh, say for sure that Javante has not had 30 to uh, three 30 yard carries. I haven't been paying the most attention though, but uh, I don't believe Melvin Gordon is the highest graded runner. That seems a little far fetched. I know he's been good, but I but think. It, what if I tell you who the second highest graded runner is? I don't want to influence your decision here. Okay. Yeah. I've made up my mind, but I would like to know that. It's Tony Pollard. Interesting. Is there like a, sorry, you said how many carries or more? Was 30, there a cutoff? 30 okay, carries. Okay. That's interesting. Tony Pollard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon is not the highest graded PFF runner. He is not. He is the seventh highest graded rusher. Okay. That's still uh, pretty good. That's better yeah, than I thought. Very good. That's the point that I wanted to make. James Robinson is one. Tony Pollard is two. Gordon is seventh. Javante Williams is not in the top 10. However, Javante Williams is the only running back in the yard or running back in the NFL with uh, <laughs> three runs of 30 plus yards. So the point here, 
both of these guys are good and this split is going to continue yeah evenly like if you're hoping for the javante williams breakout like i agreed with every publication preseason that said it's only a matter of time between javante williams before javante williams takes over this backfield i don't know if we're going to see that however javante williams is obviously still worth a start because he's he's the only running back that has these three explosive plays on the season that no one else has so um yeah that's kind of the point there dane is two for two okay Kadarius Tony and Rondell Moore tie to lead the league's receivers in missed tackles after the catch. Or LaVisca Chenault leads the league's receivers in missed tackles after the catch. It's definitely Kadarius Tony and Rondell Moore tie. It is LaVisca Chenault. You are wrong. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, that proves I'm not watching enough Jaguars football. That's tough to do, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would have guessed that Darius Tony had 10 missed tackles on one drive. and Me too, yeah. on one play. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a very, play he had like four. Yeah, it's very close. Darius Tony and Rondell Moore both, both have nine missed tackles after the catch, and LaVisca Chenault has 10. Okay, well, good question then. Good question. I but, went with this, the oh, spicier players, yeah. Um, I think the the point here is to put LaVisca Chenault in conversation with those players and say, hey, is LaVisca Chenault a buy low right now? He hasn't performed to our expectations, but he is still electric with the ball in his hands. I think he is a buy low. Uh, you know, Jaguars should be playing from behind most games. He, you know, he hasn't really done it as much as we thought he would. And that's why you've seen his value plummet. That's why you're disappointed in him. But um, if you are not the LaVisca Chenault manager, that guy is probably not very happy with him and willing to move him, especially on a week like this with such limited players that you can play this week. He might be willing well, to move him for any kind of running back that he can play at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good note. Okay. Number four, Jamar Chase accounts for 93% of the Bengals' deep receiving yards. Devontae Smith accounts for 67% of the Eagles deep receiving yards? Oof, this is a tough question. I will say that, but my, my gut says Jamar Chase. He's caught every deep ball for the Bengals. That's him. You are correct. Jamar Chase accounts nine for 93% of the Bengals deep receiving yards. Do you know who accounts for 67% of the Eagles deep receiving yards? Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. You're three and one. And the point here is not that Devontae Smith is bad. It's just that Jamar Chase is really good. Devontae Smith is also really good, but he hasn't been like a a deep threat in the same way Jamar Chase has. He's been more of a chain moving kind of guy. And then Quez Watkins, pay attention folks, because he's going to be something. All right. Miles Sanders is the third most effective running back per touch. Since 2019. Since 2019? Oh, my gosh. All right. Or Nick Chubb is the most effective running back per touch. Most effective running back per touch since 2019. Okay. This is the first time I feel like you're really trying to trick me here. Because Nick Chubb, I would say hands down, is the better runner. And I think we've had that conversation in public and private. Mm -hmm. And I think we would both agree that he's a better runner than Miles Sanders, if just in a vacuum. But... That's why I think you're tricking me. I'm going to go with Miles Sanders has somehow been a more efficient runner per touch. Your psychology worked. Miles Sanders is the third most effective running back per touch since 2019. Nick Chubb is not in the top three. The top three is Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and then Miles Sanders. And the point here, I don't know if I could call Miles Sanders a buy low because I have serious doubts about the Eagles play calling. And I also think that like, you know, uh, 
someone made a very good point on an Eagles podcast that they they're like, oh, people are like really, really happy about Jalen Hurts total yards and all the yardage he's putting up and all the yards that he's rushing for. And they're really upset that Miles Sanders isn't is is doing so poorly. And it's like, you know, maybe yeah. you can't have one without the other. So um I'm I'm not saying he's a buy low, but I do think if you are trying to buy low on a player, he's the talent is there that you can hope that the opportunity will eventually arise for Miles Sanders. Yeah, I think he actually is a buy low just because his value has plummeted to a point where it won't get any lower unless he's injured or, I don't know, the Eagles sign like a, a Marlon Mack or somebody and they add confusion to that backfield. But uh, I think he is a buy low just because you can get him for as cheap as you ever will be able to. And I think we've seen the last week or two that uh, he's still efficient when he touches the ball and they are trying to get him more involved. Uh, we've seen Kenneth Gainwell kind of phase out from that running game and even the past game a bit as well. Miles Sanders uh, has been more involved than he has been the first three weeks. So he's a buy low. I don't love it, but uh, if you, if you want to make that gamble, go for it. Awesome. All right. So you are what you're four and one now. Yeah. Four and one or five and one. I can't remember how many we've done. Uh, I think four so or five total. Yeah. So, okay. all right. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Here's, here's a good one. Mac Jones leads the league and drops passes from his receivers. Zach Wilson leads the league and drop passes from his receivers. Wow. I thought it was Sam Darnold after what I saw last week from the Panthers, but, uh, oh man. So it's either Mac Jones or Zach Wilson dropped passes. Hmm. I'm going to go with Zach Wilson leads the league in drop passes. It is Zach Wilson by far 15 drop passes from his receivers. Next closest wow. is eight. So yes, quite, quite a few from Mr. Zach Wilson here. Uh, Mac Jones has six drop passes from his receivers. The underlying point here is that maybe Zach Wilson, like it might be too early to say that what Zach Wilson is, at least this is like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't sell low in uh dynasty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, here's a fun one to finish this thing off. I have four. This is basically a multiple choice. There are three tricks and one treat, but it's an easy one, so I think you'll probably get it. Henry Ruggs is this season's fastest ball carrier. Devin Duvernay is this season's fastest ball carrier. Derek Henry is this season's fastest ball carrier. Jalen Rager is this season's fastest ball carrier. (laughs) okay this is a wild question it's a trick or treat or trick or treat here but or actually it's trick or treat or or trick or trick no yeah 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 yeah. trick or treat (laughs) or trick or trick yeah this is a rough one i'm staring at four doors and only one of them will not kill me here uh that's tough henry ruggs uh devin duvernay plays for the ravens if you're wondering Uh, yes get, get some end round work he's a wide receiver Uh, I don't believe it's him. I'm going to rule him out immediately. So Derrick Henry, not somebody who has the most explosive speed, but once he gets going, his top speed is pretty great. You see him just, he's he's taking half the strides of the defensive backs that are trying to chase him and he's breaking away from them. I don't know how that's possible. He's just a beast. Um, And then the last one, uh, I forget who the last one was. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Um, And Henry Ruggs. Yeah, the Jalen Rager one is throwing me off. I think you just threw that in there because you're a Birds fan. Maybe he was near the top of the list, and you're like, oh, I know that name. I like Jalen Rager, <laughs> even though I don't think you actually do like Jalen Rager. Um, so it's Derek Henry or Henry Ruggs. Uh, I'm going to go Henry Ruggs, although Derek Henry 
is probably the right answer. You picked the wrong Henry. It is Derek Henry. And I thought you yeah. might have seen this because it happened this past weekend. Okay. And so it was being like circulated throughout, you know, NFL Twitter on the day of. I think he hit like 28 point or 21.8 miles per hour. Wow. I want to say rug rugs. So Henry is first, Ruggs is second, Duvernay is third, Rager is fourth. And that's why I chose those four names. Okay. Ruggs, Ruggs obviously belongs on this list. I think it was a small difference between him and Henry. But man, this is just to emphasize that if you ever at this point traded away Derrick Henry, like you are an absolute moron and you should probably not be playing fantasy football because <laughs> this guy is a beast. Yeah. Unless you, unless you got an absolute haul, you know, like you got a, a running back one and a wide receiver one, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like not, like, a, not a running back one and a wide receiver three or four. Right. Like Austin Eckler would honestly be a good name to get in a Derrick Henry trade. If you got a good wide receiver with it. But then if you like then traded Austin Eckler away for, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like that would be rough. That would be rough. I would have to take a long look in the mirror and, and think about whether I want to keep doing this or not. All right. Hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically. All, all, all hypothetical did not actually happen. Yeah. In I've league. never witnessed these things happen because they're too ludicrous to actually occur. Yeah. 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 All right. You want to get some uh, start sets? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I want to lead off with my quarterback start here, and that is Sam Darnold. I think it's time to get back on the Sam Darnold train. He's been bad. This is a good chance for him to have a get right game against a very mediocre defense should have plenty of opportunities to score since it's a very even matchup between the Panthers and the New York football giants. Um, the giants are allowing their opponents to rush for 137 yards per game. Fourth. It's good for fourth worst in the league. And what we liked about Sam Darnold in those early games is he was having a surprising amount of uh, rushing yardage and rushing plays. And that was honestly why they were so effective as an offense. So I would like to see that get back in the mix. Um, I think this is, this is a good game for Sam Darnold. I'm comfortable starting him over Tua, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Justin Fields, Taylor Heineke, and Teddy Bridgewater, um, Matt Ryan and Tannehill. I would probably start over Darnold. Yeah, I think I agree pretty much with that whole rundown there. Um, that's about the order I would have roughly. Um, yeah, he's a good start this week. Um, <laughs> so my start this week, because I'm just so broken from Bipocalypse, is any healthy running back. Uh, <laughs> it's a bonus if you can guarantee they'll get eight touches or more. <laughs> like, there's a league I'm starting J.D. McKissick and maybe Alex Collins because he's probably not going to play. And then at that point, I don't know who I'm going to start, man. I still, like, it's just, uh, it's... You know, it's tilting experience. Uh, maybe you're lucky. Maybe you have like a Joe Mixon and uh, I don't even know other running backs that are starting this week. Or maybe you have Daryl Williams, who's the fill-in for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's a good start this week. Uh, so, yeah, to be more specific, those backup running backs uh, that succeeded last week, all the healthy ones should succeed again this week. And you're kind of planning on it because you don't have a choice, most likely. Uh, yeah, you know, you make a good point. Uh, I don't even know why I have a running back start. My running back start is Miles Sanders. Uh, Oakland's defense has regressed to where they thought it would be after a hot start. They're average, allowing an average of 130 yards rushing a game, which is good for eighth worst. Shane Steichen came out, the uh, Eagles offensive coordinator, this week and said we need to get Miles Sanders more involved. Jalen Hurts in his post-game presser said we need to get Miles Sanders more involved. Eagles fans are calling for Nick Sirianni's head if he doesn't start getting Miles Sanders more involved. Right? <laughs> you know, Sanders is an efficient rusher. Rusher, we just covered that in our trick or treat segment. 
it's a pretty even matchup as opposed to the past two weeks. He's had those 10 days, those three extra days to rest and prepare. I think we finally see Miles Sanders cross, you know, 10, 15 points this week. I think he scored like 13 in week one, but I think we've, we see a good game from Miles Sanders. But as Dane pointed out, if you have Miles Sanders, you're most likely starting him because of the, uh, the buy situation. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's going to get 15 to 17 touches this week, which is a pretty good number for him. And uh, hopefully gets the first touchdown of the year. That would be great too. Uh, hopefully Jalen Hurts doesn't steal everything there. Yeah. I, I do also have a start of the week at running back just to be more specific and maybe help some people out. Um, so it was announced earlier today that Antonio Gibson is back at practice. So we can assume he's going to play in some capacity. We saw that happen last week. He left with an injury early, re-aggravated that shin uh, fracture. That Pretty crazy he's playing through that. Um, so J.D. McKissick, I felt, was worth mentioning because now you might be a little scared away that Antonio Gibson is active. But even when Antonio Gibson has been active, J.D. McKissick, is involved in the passing game, especially the Washington football team. They play the Packers this week and the football team's defense. They've been disappointing this year, not what we projected. So the Packers are going to have an easy time putting up points. Taylor Heineke is going to be scrambling to make things happen on the offensive side of the ball. And the Packers have been, you know, susceptible on defense as well. I don't think they've stopped a single touchdown from happening in the red zone. I think uh, the status I was 15 red zone trips, 15 touchdowns against the Packers. Like, that's pretty good. So yeah. Jaden McKissick will be involved in the passing game. Uh, they don't have Logan Thomas still. Uh, Curtis Samuel's still out. They have a hobbled Terry McLaurin. So J.D. McKissick saw 10 targets last week when Gibson went out and eight carries. If he sees even close to that workload, I'm pretty happy starting him this week in a very barren landscape of running backs. I would agree. And we should add that uh, Antonio Gibson has like a hairline fracture in his shin that yeah. he's, he's playing through all season. You might have said that already, but the the bottom line there is like they're managing his workload and there's a you know the likelihood of him coming out of the game is pretty high yeah i would agree he's going to miss at least some plays he would normally get so jd mckissick figures to factor in there okay so if you were a derrick henry owner and you made a bunch of bad trades the one solace that you can probably take this week is in my wide receiver start sterling shepherd He's mine as well. Uh, yeah. So the ingredients are just here for Shepard to have a massive game. Uh, Daniel Jones came out last week and basically said the entire Giants game plan was based around Kadarius Tony. And then he went out on the first drive and Sterling Shepard got 12 targets. So clearly they view him as the next best option in the passing game with Tony and Saquon out. He could have a massive game against Carolina. The caveat here is that the Carolina has technically the league's second ranked pass defense. But a lot of that is just how teams are playing you. Um, like, you know, for example, the Eagles have the league's fifth-ranked pass defense, and that's because teams can run all over them, so they don't have to pass. So they're technically not allowing a lot of passing yards. But if you look at the total yards, there's a split. Now, I think the Carolina front is stouter, um, but I think their defense as a whole is, is beatable. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that uh, second-ranked metric, and I would just roll with Shepard this week. Yeah, exactly. He's the last remaining healthy player on the Giants offense. Saquon's not there. Uh, I think Darius Slayton might be playing this week, but, you know, he's coming off injury. I don't really expect a whole lot for him. Kadarius Toney is out. Um, Evan Ingram's healthy. He could be a good streaming tight end this week. I don't know. I don't want to plan on it, though. And then yeah. uh, Kenny Galladay also out again. So Sterling Shepard figures to just get, like, probably 13 targets this game. I love it. I, uh, you know, I had a feeling that you might have Shepard just because, you know, the opportunity is so great. So I did also want to shout out 
Jalen Waddle is a heavy start this week as well. Yeah, that's a good call. We saw him a lot more heavily involved in the offense with Tua Beck on the Dolphins side. Uh, they played the Atlanta Falcons this week. So Deshaun definitely. Watson will be starting. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, <laughs> some trade rumors uh, circling about yeah, Deshaun Tua Watson. Tua will be again. starting for the Washington football team. It's going to be a wide open weekend of football. And he'll be dumping it off to J.D. McKissick. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so on the other side of the ball, I will mention uh, Robbie Anderson. He had 11 targets last week. Uh, from Sam Darnold. He dropped maybe three or four of them. He only caught one ball for 11 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets. So what I'm focusing on here is the targets. They play the Giants Wait, can this you week. say that again? Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's kind of pitiful. Robbie Anderson, 11 targets last week. One catch for 11 oh yards gosh. and a touchdown. He's just so, ones across the board, dude. <laughs> yeah. I did watch that game and I saw like, like Moore and, Robert, and Robbie Anderson were just dropping passes left and right, but one out of 11 targets. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do think the targets is what I'm, you know, paying attention to here. Um, yeah, they don't have Christian McCaffrey still. They played the Giants, like we said, as a, a susceptible matchup. Um, they are away at the Giants. So, you know, they don't have that little bit going for them. But I think Robbie Anderson is a buck for eight targets. I expect he'll catch around five this week. So, you know, if you're uh, if you're hesitating, maybe you're considering him or another borderline wide receiver. Um, like I'd play him over Devontae Parker or someone like that. Um, that's about where I am with him. I'd play him over Tyler Lockett, I think, too. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, what are you starting Tyler Lockett for? Uh, you know, just pain. hope. Yeah, pain and hope. All <laughs> right. I have a DST stash. Do you have any other uh, starts or sits you want to get to? I do have two sits. Uh, I didn't do I was, sits because because <laughs> of I the apocalypse. Yeah, like who I are you know. sitting? Yeah, I felt terrible just writing down sits because I don't have that luxury to choose the players I'm starting really. So I would say Corey Davis versus New England. Uh, he only had two receptions last time they played um, New England. You know they try to typically take away your best option on offense, and that is pretty clearly Corey Davis for them. So. Uh, even if he does see more than two receptions, I don't think he's going to have more than maybe six or seven fantasy points on the day. So if you have another option there, uh, try to pivot if you can. And then Jamal Williams running back for the Detroit Lions. He's not been what we thought he could have been after week one. He had a hot start. Yeah, he's just not involved in the passing game really much at all anymore. So that was kind of what you were hoping for with him, his value going forward. And DeAndre Swift uh, is kind of running away with that backfield as he proves to be the better running back like we all thought. Can I tell you something pretty crazy? Yeah. I want to say, I'm I'm confirming right now, Jamal Williams is the RB25. That's how depressing this year's RB class is. is Jamal Williams is a borderline RB2. He's a and borderline RB23. And it's all because that monster week one, he was like the sixth running back on the week or something. Like yeah, that. I thought I had something. I thought I really had something. And then he had another 13-point game, and then everything else has been... Yeah, rough, rough. So yeah, good, good sits there. Although I am in multiple leagues where I'm looking at my opponent and they're like, I'm not opponent, but I'm looking around the league to make trades and I go to the player, like that person's bench and it's just zero projections all the way from either buys or IRs. It's, it's, this season seems rougher than any other in terms of injury and buy. Um, I would agree. I think it's the worst in my memory and in the past five or six years of fantasy football. And that might, be a little bit of recency bias, but I think it legitimately is one of the worst, like top two. So yeah, in terms of like it's not just like like there may have been years where more quote unquote star players went out, you know, but this year it's like 
all down the roster, like the medium tier players are going out. It's just, it's tough to find anyone that you can start. Um, all right. So my DST stash is the Bengals. They play the Ravens this week and the Jets the next, and they've been a surprisingly decent team. Pretty straightforward there. Stream defense against the Jets. People have the Bengals dropped because they're playing the Ravens this week. So if you have the space somehow, which you probably don't because of the, as we've mentioned 40 times, the buy situation, uh, Bengals are a solid defensive stash for next week. Nice. And if I had to choose one, I might go with the Eagles actually against Detroit. Um, they, you know, they typically make mistakes. Uh, other than that, um, you know, it gets a little hairier uh, as far as the people who are available on waivers. The Bengals do play the Jets, so that's probably the best one, I'd say. You're right. Yeah, and I do want to shout out, like, the Eagles. Um, you're probably not going to stash them for long. Like, so they play the they play the Lions, which is a good matchup. And then they play, they have a rough stretch where they play the Chargers, which is going to be tough. But then they play the Broncos. You could start them against the Broncos. And then you could maybe start them against the Jets. But end of season, if you're looking for an end of season defense, the Eagles play the Giants, the Jets, the Washington football team, the Giants, and the Washington football team in a row. That's, that's pretty good. They do have a week 14 bye, which is rough. If you uh, probably week 14. Yeah, I, that's probably what I'm not counting is the, the week 14 bye. So it's probably, you can probably stream them three matchups in a row, something like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's a good, good point to emphasize that. I like that. Yeah. Although most teams should have a week 15 and 16 playoff this, this year, at least if they've adjusted for the, uh, you know, yeah the extra week there, but I understand not everyone has done that because we don't really know how it's going to play out in terms of numbers. Like there could be a chance that week 16 and week 17, there are teams setting their stars. That's true. And then uh, some people also do the six player playoffs. So that I think might run three weeks. Depending. Uh, on good the point. Format. Good point. Yeah. There were some discussions about that today in, in another league of ours. Uh, I'm team four man, but I, I see the reasons for six as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show for today. You can find us on YouTube this Sunday at 11.45 a.m. That's Eastern time, if we haven't said that. Um, Just Google the Fantasy Bible on YouTube or, uh, you know, I don't know how you can find us. We tweet it out. So go to our Twitter page and (laughs) we always tweet it out before then. And uh, yeah, bring your lineup questions. I'm sure, you know, this will be an interesting one because it's not like we have a lot of options, but um, you know, we'll, we'll have fun with it all the same. And, uh, yeah, you want to tell them where to find us on social before we get out of here at fantasy Bible pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, join us while we cry over our terrible rosters leading into bipocalypse week seven. Uh, yeah. Dane, Dane and I are matching up this week, so we'll have an update on that. I think I am going to start Darnus Johnson tonight. So good chance I win my matchup on a Thursday night off a 40 point game. From Dearness Johnson, more point than it, more more of a chance that I'm in a hole uh, after he <laughs> scores like three points on ten carries or something like that. And I've got Melvin Gordon on the other side of the ball, so that'll be interesting to see who's ahead after that. Oh, should I just start Javante? So it's the Javante Melvin matchup. I mean, that's up to you. I'm not going to give you good advice. We're going against each other. <laughs> I know, but it's just like it. I mean, I neither are exciting. Uh, neither are exciting options. Yeah, so I'm going to do some thinking about that. And I'll uh, get back to you folks on Sunday AM. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you there.